1: Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My
2: name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Carnival Dream today. Action News meteorologist Greg D. stops by to answer a question about sea fog and why it's delaying all these ships in the Gulf of Mexico lately. And Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Before we get to Sherry, a couple of quick things here. The Cruise Radio YouTube channel, a couple new videos up there. We did a walkthrough of the deck plans for Carnival Mardi Gras. If you want to see what venues are going on what deck... Check that out on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Also released a walking tour. If you've ever wondered what a, uh, what inside of a Holland America ship looks like and how it differs from like a royal carnival Norwegian princess, uh, check that one out too. It's the new down tour, and that was just uploaded a couple of days ago. And don't forget about the Cruise Radio News podcast feed. If you can't get enough Cruise News, you can get it Monday through Friday. Just subscribe to Cruise Radio News. All right. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Sherry, before we get to cruise news, I have meteorologist Greg D on the line. I want to talk about the sea fog in the Gulf of Mexico because Royal Caribbean's brilliance of the seas was like 10 hours late getting back to Tampa earlier this week because of fog. And Mobile, Alabama, Carnival Fantasy, coming in, going, they got socked in by fog. And it always happens to Galveston, Texas as well. Not so much here on the East Coast. We get a little bit uh, in Jacksonville, but not a whole lot. So first off, Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Doug, how you doing? Good, bud. So why is it always the Gulf of Mexico? One of the main reasons why sea fog is worst on the Gulf side of Florida versus South Florida is simply the water temperature in the wintertime. Uh, Down towards Miami, the water temperature stays much milder. Current temperatures out there now are in the low 70s, whereas in Tampa Bay especially, after heavy rainfall and a couple of chilly days, the water temperatures were down into the 50s. When warm air comes back into the region, it makes contact with that cold water, causing a cloud at the water surface to form. We call that sea fog, and it could last for several days until the water temperature is able to get back up into the 60s or maybe closer to 70. That sometimes lasts through quite a few days as we can get some chilly days in the Bay Area right through the winter months. Fair enough. Action News Meteorologist Greg D. Thank you, Greg. Thanks so much, Doug. Sherry, do you have anything to add to that?
0: Yeah, you know, this is just another reason why we always say you have to have travel insurance because you just never know how the weather is going to be. And if you had travel insurance and your flight was canceled or you had to do the change fee or whatever because of the sea fog, at least you can get reimbursed for that or, or a portion of it reimbursed. So without that, you know, again, we say you're on your own if you don't have travel insurance. And, you know, in the case of um, the one that had overnight If you were already in town, you needed to get a hotel, right? So the travel insurance would cover that if it was a weather-related issue.
2: Always good to have a travel insurance policy, that's for sure. Carnival Cruise Line did another app update, and this one involves pizza.
0: Yeah, they were testing it, and now they've come out with another um, edict, and it's by the end of this year, everyone should be able to use the Carnival Hub app to order pizza on every ship in the fleet, which is kind of cool. I mean, you know, you want to go to a bar and order pizza, you just open the app. Now, basically, you do need to download the Hub app, um, which is best to do before you leave home, and then you can complete the needed information once you're on board. So as of this week, nine more ships have been added to the pizza delivery schedule, and if you want, I can rattle them off very quick in case someone is cruising. It's the Carnival Victory, Magic, Breeze, Conquest, Dream, Sensation, Glory, Ecstasy, and the Carnival Liberty. They're also working on a way to add drinks to your pizza order, but I kind of think this won't happen until the pizza ordering itself has gone fleet-wide. And just keep in mind, there will be a $5 service fee per order every time you order a pizza.
2: Just waiting for the coffee delivery now.
0: I would love to order a latte and have it delivered to my state room. Yeah. I mean, that, in the morning for breakfast, that would be awesome.
2: Holland America just christened their new ship, the new Stottendam in Port Everglades. Yeah,
0: Oprah Winfrey christened the new Stottendam in Fort Lauderdale over the weekend. It was a really big event. Everybody was there. The christening, unlike some other ones that everyone sits outside, it was inside the new Stottendam at the World Stage Theater. About 1,000 people were in attendance. And uh, you know, it was sort of done with a video in the back of the ship's hull, and she pressed or she moved the lever and a champagne bottle was shown to be hitting the side of the ship. and it was dedicated. So it was quite a big deal, and New Stottendam is on her way.
2: Carnival Cruise Line is testing dining packages.
0: Yes, they are. The package now is being offered on Carnival Horizon, but it's, you know, it's not so much a package as it is a voucher plan. So the way it works is for $60 per person, you'll receive a meal at Fahrenheit 555, their signature steakhouse, and you'll also get two $15 vouchers. Now, you can redeem these vouchers at a a handful of restaurants. The Pig & Anchor Smokehouse Brew House is one of them, plus Banzai Sushi, Cucina Del Capitano, I'm still thinking about the cappuccino, or Gigi Asian Kitchen. Now, once you've purchased a voucher, you need to keep in mind that it is non-refundable, and it's also a good idea to make reservations as soon as you can so that you can use those two $15 vouchers while you're still on board. You can't do take them home with you. It's worthless.
2: Not a whole lot of savings here, but they have that big ship coming out next year, Mardi Gras. So it'll be a good test. You know, nothing like Royal Caribbean or Norwegian that they have right now with their dining plans, which are, I think they are really amazing, their plans. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, a new ship on the way and coming to the U.S.,
0: it will be. Uh, the ship has a name. It's called Odyssey of the Seas. The steel cutting ceremony was held over in Germany a few days ago. And it's the Odyssey of the Seas is a Royal Caribbean's second quantum ultra class ship and is scheduled to launch later next year, which I think is pretty quick. But yeah, like you said, it'll cruise from the United States, though it hasn't been uh, announced yet which port, but we can probably assume it's South Florida. Who knows?
2: And from the Virgin Voyages Department, because we've been talking about them forever, it seems like bookings open, what, in like a week from today. So excited about that. But they have even more news, this time focusing on the cabins.
0: Yeah, they they certainly did. And they're not calling them staterooms or cabins. They are called sea cabins. <sighs> and there will be 1,330 of the sea cabins on the Scarlet Lady now, they look, it's, it's a pretty inventive design because they've made one of the walls sort of on an angle. And they say that will, you know, mentally make you feel like there's more space than there actually is. And they want people to invite guests into their sea cabin. So what they've done is they've created a bed, the bedding, which is it kind of reminds me of like um, what siblings might have in a bedroom where they're on a 45 degree angle mm-hmm. with each other and so the two heads of the beds are meeting and then it gives more floor space but then at night they'll swing the beds together and it'll form a queen bed Um, that's kind of interesting they're also putting in mood lighting which if you've been on any other virgin um, um, modes of transportation they also have mood lighting but uh, it's going to be on sensors in the cabin and the balcony and they'll turn different colors depending on the time of day or what port you might be visiting so that's kind of kind of different right and they're also now they have you know the standard desk that we see in all the state rooms well this is sort of like a a free form uh desk if you want to call it but they're calling this a glam area okay and the bathroom is very very minimalist in design so again it creates a feeling of spaciousness but they will put it's really um modern rain shower head in the in the shower Everything's different from the way the cabin looks, how the beds are configured, and even the bathroom. There is storage, it looks like. I think they just want to get you out of the bathroom, in your stateroom, and then out into the the rest of the ship.
2: All right, listener, question comes from Teresa. She says, this summer I'm planning a cruise with a group of friends for my friend's bachelorette party. We're looking at Majesty of the Seas and Norwegian Sky. Both cruises are at the end of July and have an overnight in Cuba. Right now there are five of us confirmed— some who want to drink, and some that don't. I know both ships are a little bit older, and on the small side, I was curious what you'd recommend for this cruise. I'm sure we'll make the most of it no matter what, but I wanted some insight as far as crowds on each ship, dining, and nightlife.
0: After having just been on the Majesty of the Seas, and I've been on Norwegian Sky, um, I'll tell you what the Majesty of the Seas experience was, um, and it, 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 it sort of met my expectations, which were very low. I set the bar pretty low and it worked out fine. I mean, if some people in your group want to drink, Norwegian sky, of course has the, um, the unlimited uh, alcohol policy, which is, you know, that would fit their bill. But um, if you want, if you want balconies, uh, maybe someone in your group does Norwegian sky has 257 staterooms and suites with balconies while majesty only has 63. Uh, The mattress on majesty uh, was really horrible. Uh, but, you know, I'm comfortable with Royal Caribbean because if you, someone has their loyalty points and their Diamond Plus or Diamond, you know, and you want to get into the, um the Concierge Lounge, that's a plus. So that would sort of make up for not having the unlimited beverages that you would get on Norwegian. Yeah, like you said, they're both older ships. I mean, don't expect a lot. I, my whole mindset was I'm going to Cuba. I don't care. You know, everything else is just sort of. Uh, superfluous for me. I just wanted to go to Cuba, and Majesty of the Seas had the best price at the best time of the year that I wanted to go, which was last November. Um, Both are spending uh, an overnight now. Our ship left at, I think, I want to say 3 or 4 a.m. It was in the middle of the night. So, you know, the crowds, you might have more drinkers on sky. It might be a little bit more party atmosphere, if that's a good word for it. Um, Majesty, the, the demographic was a little bit older. Um, I want to say 50 and up maybe, and it was a midweek cruise. So sometimes that has something to do with the, the age because, you know, not everybody can just take off of work and, and had out head out during the middle of the week. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's an odd thing to try to compare, um, would I go again? Absolutely. And I might even try Norwegian Sky next time. It's, you know, I was price driven also. Um, so whoever had the lowest price was going to get my business. In addition to the fact that um, I had access to the concierge lounge on Royal Caribbean. So I hope that's helpful. Keep in mind, they're both older ships. Um, Norwegian also has more dining venues in Majesty. And, and the, by dining venues, I'm not talking about like little snack bars. They have the French bistro, they have the Italian restaurant, Majesty, had the pizza place and, and more, you know, snacky type venues. So if you're looking for more dining on your time at sea with Norwegian Sky, I would go with them.
2: I would agree across the board on this, Sherry. I've done both of them the past few years. And the drink package being included on Norwegian Sky is very enticing. Also, their selection of dining is good. I, don't, I remember not being impressed with the dining on Majesty of the Seas. So Norwegian Sky has my vote. All right. I hope that helps you, Teresa. If you have a question, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry.
1: Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
2: When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to sixty percent offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to twelve thousand excursions in over seven hundred ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, Saint Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation a four- and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com.
1: If you have an Amazon Alexa enabled device, ask
2: her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime.
1: Straight from Cruise Radio.
2: So Adam just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on Carnival Dream out of New Orleans, and he joins us on the line. Hey Adam. Hey Doug. So uh, as always, we're going to take a step back before we get to the ship itself. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts about Carnival Dream.
1: I actually received a uh, casino offer in the uh, mail. Uh, we did a cruise on the Victory in September. And so we received the casino offer from you know playing to the casino and spending money there. So they sent me a special rate. And uh, we only booked it about two months out. Uh, we sailed in April. I think we booked it in uh, February. So kind had a last-minute decision for us.
2: So have you figured out a, a trigger point for when you start getting these casino offers? Because I, I've,
1: I've yet to figure it out. I don't know exactly, but I did talk to um, the staff over at the uh, cash counter in the casino, and they wouldn't really tell me exactly how they count the points, but she did say that it counts more more points or, or better rates, if you want to call it that, if you're at the uh, uh, slot machines than you are at the table games. And I generally only spend maybe around $500 in the casino. I don't ever get like a free cruise or the free drink card that people talk about or anything like that, but I do usually get some sort of special rate. You know, a few months after the cruise, you know, it, it usually saves me a couple hundred bucks.
2: It seems like it would be more accurately tracked at the slot machine than the table because you could be you could be going all in at a thousand dollar hand at the table and not really get tracked, right? Because you're only well, well, go ahead. I, I,
1: I think they they track it pretty closely. It's Mm -hmm. just that they don't rate it as highly as as the slot machine. Okay, fair enough. So
2: you're up in Tennessee, and you make your way down to New Orleans. Please tell me you did some pre-night stays in New Orleans before you uh, sailed.
1: Yes, yeah. We went down and stayed two nights ahead of time. Uh, I had never been to New Orleans before. It had been a very long time since my wife had, since she was a kid. And uh, so we decided to go down early uh you know spent some time looking around seeing the sights eating some really good food uh, and i definitely recommend that for anybody who's going to sell out of new orleans don't just breeze through and hit the cruise and then leave did you uh spend some time on bourbon street yeah we walked down bourbon street i got uh scammed out of 20 bucks my wife was real <laughs> thrilled about that It's right. just how it goes i guess
2: well you so you like to play at the casino on board did you hit the casino right there in new orleans as well
1: yeah, we did, actually. I, uh, I actually had a group of friends back home who uh, kind of went in on a pool for me to, to play the slot machine. So I went ahead and did that while I was there Okay, uh, at the Harrah's in New Orleans. Any luck? Well, a little bit. I think I went up about 20 bucks. Okay. Took them their money back.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, you make your way to the cruise pier. What is that, the Julia Street Cruise Terminal?
1: Yeah, yeah. We actually ended up parking, my wife found ahead of time, um, the Fulton Place Garage, mm-hmm. which is a couple blocks away. The cost to park there is like half the cost of parking in Carnival's Garage. And they provide a shuttle. They take you over there and drop you off uh, right at the cruise port. We're, we're pretty excited anytime we can get you know what we feel is at least as good yeah. uh, of a situation and save money.
2: Okay, so you make your way to the cruise pier then. How was your embarkation process?
1: Um, it was pretty smooth. We were a little bit freaked out at first because when we uh, got there, we noticed um, you know, everybody was dropping their bags off, and the guy who actually took our bags, didn't appear to be wearing any like official carnival uniform, or at least we didn't recognize it as a carnival uniform. And so we were a little bit freaked out by that. I actually ended up taking a picture of the guy with my phone Mm -hmm. just to make sure in case we didn't get our bags We'd be like, (laughs) this is the guy. But uh, the bags made it to our room fine. We, you know, we tipped the guy like we normally would. Security screening was smooth. I did seem like there was, um, I don't know, people were being a little rude. You know, some people were cutting the queue and stuff like that. Uh, I guess you're always going to have that. I I don't understand why when people are going to spend a week with you. Uh, on a cruise ship that they want to, you know, start it off by being rude. You know, it's just the way it is, I guess.
2: Yeah, people were pulling that in the embarkation line on my transatlantic sailing. And I'm like, why are you doing this? You're about to spend 14 days with us and everyone knows who you are being like this during (laughs) embarkation. I I don't understand some people. But anyway, you make your way onto the ship. How was your, uh, what was your first impressions of Carnival Dream?
1: It's not really fair to compare it to our last cruise. We were on the MSEC side and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, we had some issues with that one, but the ship was nice and brand new. But, um, you know, as far as the Dream compared to that, it's a bit lackluster, but it's not really a fair comparison. Um, the ship was clean. Staff seemed eager to please. Everybody was real happy. You know, we, we liked it a lot. We liked Carnival's uh, decorations pretty good. Yeah. Uh, some people call it gaudy, but we, we kind of liked it. So.
2: Yeah, that was like pretty much the last gaudy ship, I guess, that Carnival did was when they um, brought Dream out in no 09 because after that, they kind of – toned it down a little bit from Carnival Magic onward. And even some of the refurbs, they've seemed to tone it down a little bit. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have?
1: We we thought it was going to be a Mm -hmm. porthole. It was on the outside, but um, we went into the room and it didn't have a porthole. I guess it was a couple of rooms ahead of where the portholes ended. Um, So essentially it was the inside cabin. It was a different layout than we've ever had before. The beds were like permanently separated. They had uh, one against one wall, one against the other. Um, in kind of an L-shape, if you want to call it that. But there was a lot of room in the middle of the room, so, um, you know, we didn't mind that. And we normally get inside cabins anyway, so we weren't really that displeased about not having the forward all. We just kind of thought we were getting that. But, uh, no, we, li- we liked the room pretty good. Had uh, a-, a pretty good experience with the location. It was pretty good as far as we were on deck two forward. Um, we were uh, right below or right downstairs from the theater. So it was easy just to go up one set of stairs and be right there at the theater uh, those elevators also the same ones that service the um, the main atrium. So everything located there, easy to get up to the pool. So the location wasn't too bad. We had a really good room steward, probably the rest, best I've ever had. His name was Goosty. Really liked him. He was always pleasant and, and very accommodating. Probably the only downside, or well, a couple of downsides. Every time the bow thrusters kicked in, the whole room shook like it was an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that's typical or not, but, yeah, but we definitely experienced it every single time. And then when we pulled up in Grand Cayman, the, uh, the the anchor chain, I had been warned about it, and yeah, it was definitely very loud. We didn't mind the room so much, uh, but as far as that uh, bow thruster and anchor chain situation, I don't know if we'd pick the same location again, but but everything else was pretty good. only other issue we had was... Was not really so much a carnival issue, but uh, every single day when we were going from the elevators to our room or vice versa, we were always smelling uh, marijuana. Huh. You know, I'm not really like anti-pot or anything, but I don't appreciate the the stench.
2: Let's uh, transition here and talk about dining, getting the munchies from that pot. Um, yeah. How how was the dining on Carnival Dream?
1: It was good. We ate at the main dining room every night, ended up having uh, anytime dining. Uh, It's the first time we've ever had it. We usually do early dining. We were a little disappointed at first that we couldn't get early dining, but since we booked it last minute, there was not much we could do about that. But we actually didn't end up minding it because it was, once again, it was a last minute thing. So we were kind of just wanting to do something uh, relaxing and, and so Ended up working out for us. We ended up being uh, early dining anyway, going out early every day. We did miss the. There's no seafood check on that uh, ship, and we had that on the Victory, and we really liked it, so we did kind of miss that. How kinda about the. What else? Uh,
2: well, you have the guys' pick and anchor barbecue on there, right?
1: Yeah, we didn't get to try that. We okay. really wanted to. I was actually disappointed that they only do it on. I don't know if they do that always, but on that ship, they only do it on the sea days for lunch. Mm-hmm. They don't have it any other time. Yeah. And um, Most of
2: the ships are like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely felt like I would have eaten it for dinner one night if, mm-hmm. if it had been available. And then uh, when we actually did try to go uh, to get to it on the last C day, it was just a really long line the entire time, and uh, I kind of just didn't really want to have to to wait on uh, wait through that line, so we actually didn't do it. But um, this was also our first selling that had the Guys Burgers and the Blue uh, Bluebona Cantina. Uh, what do you think um, of the burger? Yeah, they were both great. Yeah, uh, the, the burger was great. The cantina was great. I, I took advice from some of the other people you've had on the show uh, who mentioned having the uh, breakfast burrito from there, and yeah, it's it's very good. We missed out on the steakhouse and the sushi. In the last minute, we were trying to just keep the budget in check, so we didn't get to try those. But maybe another time. How about the C Day brunch? Oh, uh, we love the c day brunch. Uh, we always make a point to go to it. I think it's one of the best meals uh on a cruise mm-hmm. uh, to be honest it, it's definitely it's a different menu uh you can get some things that you can't get. We always get the huevos ranchos and the uh um the fun French toast or whatever where they do the cereal crusted French toast yeah and um you know it, it's always good.
2: So how was the entertainment on this seven-night sailing aboard Carnival Dream?
1: That's kind of one of the things we missed when we were on the seaside, of some of the fun that Carnival brings to the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely weren't disappointed on this cruise. Uh, the Love and Marriage show was hilarious. There was a, uh, a couple that had been married for 67 years wow. on that sailing, and they were just a hoot to, to watch and, and see their answers. I had heard a little bit ahead of time about Chris, the uh, flying Scotsman, as the cruise director. Mm -hmm. my opinion was always kind of like, yeah, whatever. A cruise director is a cruise director. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? And I got to admit, I was totally wrong. He was amazing. I don't know if I would book a cruise just because he was the cruise director, but that would definitely swing my decision if I was, you know, between two different sailings or something, and he was going to be on one of them. Why do they call Uh, him the Flying Scotsman? You know, that's just uh, his nickname. He always, uh, Well, not always, but most of the time he's wearing a kilt, and uh, he's from Scotland, so... Yeah, but he's great. He's very entertaining. He can actually sing very well. I think he even sells a CV online of songs that he's covered. But uh, it was very interesting. We also checked out the Comedy Club. Um, actually ended up having four different comedians on the sailing. Uh-huh. They changed out the comedians uh, halfway through. Caroline Picard and Sam Harris, the first few nights. We liked Caroline. Uh, Sam we didn't care for as much. And then Tommy Drake and J.R. Brown uh, were both hilarious on the last nights of the cruise. And then I don't know if she's always on that ship or, you know, I guess they move around. But the comedy club manager, Randy Andy, she is also hilarious. She will do, a, before each one of the adults only shows, a raunchy sort of a rendition of a song. And it's always hilarious. And she can actually sing pretty well, too. So that, that's pretty good. Cool. Yeah,
2: that makes that makes a difference. How about in the casino? How bad was the cigarette smoke?
1: It was tolerable. I don't smoke, but I didn't notice my clothes were too terrible on on the cigarette smell sometimes i'll either take some febreze to make sure my clothes don't stink you know after i hang them back up in the closet or um i'll try to if i can always wear the same clothes to the casino Mm -hmm. so i can kind of keep the rest of my clothes from smelling so it wasn't too bad it definitely wasn't like uh some of the other ships where they have no smoking in the casinos or or sectioned off yeah
2: As far as the sea days are concerned, uh, how were the sea days as far as activities offered and the crowds and congestion?
1: Sea days were good. We felt like we had plenty to do. Uh, We played a lot of bingo and trivia or hung out by the pool. One thing I will say that one thing that I didn't care for as far as sailing out of New Orleans is it seems like um, it's a pretty big party crowd. You know, I, I guess I attribute it to Carnival being one of the least expensive cruise lines. And New Orleans being a party town, mm-hmm. the, the crowd on the ship was very uh, boisterous, loud, um, sometimes obnoxious, constantly drunk. Uh, obviously, they were some of them that were smoking marijuana. Um, so the, the crowd we didn't really care for as much. But uh, one benefit of a party crowd is they don't get up early. So there wasn't yeah. an issue with getting a, a good seat around the pool on the sea days. The dream, I don't know if all the rest of the ships in that class are the same way, but there's a fair amount of uh, seating in the shade. So there's couches and and stuff like that where you can actually get in the shade and still be around the pool, do your people watching uh, in comfort without having to be worried about getting burnt. Let's
2: talk about, so you did Montego Bay, Jamaica, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel on the sailing. Give me a highlight from each port, and just a highlight because we're coming short on time with my interview schedule here.
1: Yeah, uh, Montego Bay, we actually did the Hard Rock Cafe Beach Club, rather. That was good. Had a pretty good experience there. The, the club and everything was good. They did have a carnival package that I think was $85 a person that my wife uh, partook in that was supposed to be all-inclusive. The drinks were limited. The food wasn't very good. Carnival ended up uh, making that right when we complained about that. But uh, anyway, the the facilities were great. The, The staff was accommodating. Grand Cayman. We went right back to where we went in January. We loved Hemingway so much that we just went back there. Uh, the place is great. Check out the Seaside podcast for that one if you want more details on that. Everybody, Cozumel. We were going to try and go to Mister Sancho's. Uh, we went to reserve ahead of time and it was sold out because once again we booked last minute. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up finding out that the dream was going to be the seventh ship in port that day and arriving last on top of being you know seven ships in, we were the last one in. So we ended up just trying to make a, a mad dash for Chonka Knob, where we went in uh, September. And we ended up getting in, getting in just a, uh, the nick of time. Got a couple of uh, seats in the shade, under the shade uh, uh, that they've got there, and uh, had a great time. The snorkeling's great there.
2: So you make your way back to New Orleans. How was your debark process?
1: Uh, debarkation was smooth. Um, we basically showed uh, customs agents our passports. They waved us through. I, mean, I don't even think they asked us a question. There was a huge line for the elevators going into the Carnival parking garage. I was glad we didn't have to wait in it. We went over, walked over to where our shuttle was waiting to take us back to our garage. They loaded our bags up and uh, we were on our way, no issues.
2: Any first time tips to offer cruisers sailing Carnival Dream out of New Orleans?
1: I would definitely say, you know, like we talked about before, take a few days extra ahead of time or after so that you have time to check out New Orleans. Um, park at the Fulton Place Garage. The other thing I would say is uh, see if there's a Facebook group for your actual sailing. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have known about the Hard Rock Cafe if it hadn't have been for that. Uh, Some people were in there talking about it and uh, ended up being a pretty good find. And then lastly, I would say is keep an eye on your sign and sale statement. We actually had an issue with one server adding additional tips after my wife had already left an extra dollar for her drink. Oh, wow. Um, He actually bumped it up to $11. Yeah, we had to... I think they're counting on people just not noticing, mm-hmm. but uh, we noticed, and we had that taken care of, and I don't know what happened to the guy, but uh, uh, management wasn't very happy. That yeah, actually, uh, uh, I would have hell. So looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise? Definitely, it was a tie between Grand Cayman being our favorite new port, and um, the Flying Scotsman being our favorite new cruise director. Both were great. Final thoughts of Carnival Dream. We love the Dream. Uh, We love New Orleans. Uh, You know, with the the crowd being a little bit of an issue, I still wouldn't hesitate to sail on the Dream or sail out of New Orleans again.
2: Very cool. Been talking with Adam about his seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Dream out of New Orleans. Adam, as always, good talking to you, and thanks for sharing your review with us. Thanks for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance?
1: Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer!